Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the American Israelite Newspaper Podcast, the Let There Be Light Podcast. And uh, today is Friday, July 29th. We were going to do the podcast yesterday, but we had a change of schedule. So we're here today live on Friday, July 29th, which is the 20, the 30th of Tammuz, 5782. And um, I'm here. I'm your. I'm your one of your co-hosts, Neton Elton Deutsch, and I'm here with my special guest co-host. Go ahead and tell them who you are. Oh, well, who am I? Who am I? My name is Lori Platt, and I am so honored to be invited to co-host with you, Ted. Oh, isn't that you're just like so sweet, aren't you? Only when the microphone's on. Now tell us a. <laughs> Give us a little history about who you are and where you where you grew up and mm. all that kind of stuff. Where'd you grow up at? Well, let's see. The, Blanchester. I, I went to, I moved to Blanchester, Ohio in the middle of the sixth grade. Yeah. I graduated from Blanchester. Yeah, yeah. And then I proudly went on to become an Ohio University Bobcat. Oh, Just you're a like bobcat. You. Oh, you're a bobcat. Yes, I am. When did you graduate? 1993. Okay, and my neighbor um, that lives to the the house next to me, Eric, Eric, I think it's Dietz. Um, he is a like a 2000 graduate, huh. and one of our co-hosts that was here several weeks ago, about a month, maybe a couple months ago, Justin Kirshner is a like a 2010, really or 20, yeah, maybe we're 15. taking over. Yeah, the Bobcats are Bobcat taken, Nation. aren't we? Yeah, Bobcat Bob- Nation. Well, in fact, um, yeah. uh, I was I happened to be at Governor DeWine's mansion last night. Really? Last invited, night? Invited because hmm. I am right. on the board of trustees for Ohio University. Okay. And we were celebrating the state is investing over $500 million, uh, in that hmm. part of the southeast part of the state in Appalachia. So this was a big to-do. Last night, I was very honored to go up to Columbus okay. and celebrate. But um, that's that's great to be surrounded by bobcats. We we just get one another. You know okay. what I mean? Yes, we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, also, so the other day, I was listening to, I don't know which radio station, but uh, 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 Governor DeWine came on and opened the Ohio State Fair. Oh, uh, yes. Was that like Thursday yeah, or that was, Wednesday or Thursday? It was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Okay, the Ohio yeah. State Fair opened, and uh, so it's now ongoing, and mm-hmm. you can go see the uh, the butter cow. Oh. There's like a big cow made oh. out of butter every every time they do it, and uh, it do. doesn't melt. It has, it has to be in like an air-conditioned room because it'll melt. What do they do with all that butter when they're done? Uh, they probably give it to like a, like a shelters Shelter. and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I wonder if they have butter cats. You know how I feel but, about cats but, and felines in general. <laughs> I don't know about any butter cats, but we'll have mm, to look into I'll that. Have to, we'll have to maybe make now you mention. You return back. When you come back for the podcast, you let us know if there's anything that's like a butter cat. If not, I'm going to create one. Okay. All, All right. right. So moving on to the news. Today is the um, – uh, so this is volume 169, number three, and it's the uh, Thursday, July 28th issue, which came out yesterday. And the top story this week is Greater Cincinnati's Festival of Faiths. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the fifth y- annual Festival of Faiths, and it's um, a week long. It's a hybrid celebration. It starts the 31st, which I, is Sunday, 
and runs until next August, next Sunday, August 7th. And on Sunday, August 7th, there's going to be, there's stuff going on all week. And then the following Sunday to August 7th, there's a culmination of everything of an in-person festival at the, um, um, Xavier University Cintas Center. Yeah, and I think that what's really cool is is everything's free. Open to the public. You don't have to be any one of these 30. You don't have to belong to any of the 30-plus organizations that are participating. So I think this is a really cool opportunity to learn a little bit more about other people. And other cultures and other religions and everything else. So it's we, we want to – I thought that was really important to – make highlight that and then make that the top story this week i think that's terrific and i really um for those who happen to get the paper in front of them this is a gorgeous cover with lots of bright colors and smiling faces so i think great great job making this the week story ted well and also we want to bring up that this um festival is is being held in honor of the the past festival co-chair which is jay paul singh and I believe he passed away either the year last year or the year before. And mm-hmm. so they're ha- having this in his memory because he was a um, he was he was a force, and 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 he understood that to you know to get all these p- different people together and to have all these different faiths come together, mm-hmm. um, it was important to have the festival of faiths, and he was a major part of that. And he passed away. So this year's event. Is in his memory. Okay, that's that, and I'm glad that they were able to continue the work, um, the hard work that yes. he's, he's put forth yes. in making this festival happen. Yes. All right. All right. So, uh, moving on, the next top story is uh, Jewish Foundation announces Reflect Cincy grant recipients, and they have uh, so f- coming out of the um, the census and the different studies that came out of 2019 and 2020 in terms of census and also there were studies that the Jewish community did of what can we do to get people more engaged that are not engaged in the Jewish community and they've come up with a number of different ideas and um, uh, so you have to read page page three to understand it it's also up on the website um, they're trying some different approaches. Um, you know, we at the Israelite reach a lot of that crowd through our website that they are reading the paper through the website. And so they're trying to solidify getting people involved in the community and also reaching out to them. And then like having a welcoming community mm-hmm. to people that want to mm-hmm. explore their Judaism and um, their faith, you yeah. know, what their faith is. Yes, so. and it's, I think, um, what keeps some people back when, you know, regardless of what religion, right. is they feel that they don't want to look foolish. They don't okay. want to be embarrassed. Okay. They, they feel that if I'm, I'm, I might ask such an elementary question that someone's going to judge me before I even have a chance. So, So I like the idea that, they are looking at different ways to be to be engaging, right? And you, I, I applaud. You know, I think any any person who wants to learn about more of their religion um, is someone who is thirsty for hunger and thirsty for understanding their culture and understanding, you know, how they got here today and right. what did people do before before them to give them the opportunity. Okay. 
So they're trying some yeah. different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so. Well, good know. luck with that. Yeah, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. All right. So moving on to page four, a 100-year-old Jewish doctor in Cleveland is officially the world's oldest practicing physician. I'm so impressed. And he's got a head full of hair. Wow, at 100 years old. He is a handsome guy. And not only is he a doctor, he later became a lawyer. Well, there's also, we should mention that there's a typo in the paper this week. And it reads, um, he graduated and passed the Ohio Bar Examination at six years old. (laughs) (laughs) So he he was 67 years old. When he passed the bar, ah. um, that was one thing that didn't get that, that get <laughs> that we didn't notice when we were doing our proofreading this week. But heck, gosh, I mean, he 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 spent he's an his unusual life, man. Yeah, very, he, I mean, very. very he spent yeah. his life practice or uh, learning and studying about the brain. Yeah, neurology is it nef- neuro- neurology. neurology? And yeah. I mean, heck, we got to study his brain. I mean, can you imagine going to law school uh, late in life in your back half. And also, let's not rem- let's not forget his wife. Yes, is a psychiatrist. I believe that's what I read. She's like in her late eighties. Yeah, and so uh, she's still a practicing psychiatrist at like eighty eight. Yeah, that talk about a power couple. Mm-hmm. I might need to call her. <laughs> well, obviously they're living some doing something right, mm-hmm. and that kind of we should bring us. Yeah. Also, this is the mature living issue, and there was a whole. There's a. We'll get into this story later. There's a story in this week about how to live your best life as you do age, and you know how to stay healthy, and how to eat healthy, and how to you know exercising and all that kind yep. of stuff. I can't wait to get to that one. I read every line of that because, again, we'll get to it. But those principles are good for if you're 25, right, right, 35, right, 85. Right, it doesn't right. matter. But yeah. The uh, this this one hundred year old Jewish doctor, and he's in Cleveland. He's Dr. in the state ha- of Ohio. Doctor Howard Tucker, Howard yeah. Tucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we all it's his here also that he actually is in the Guinness World Records. So not only is this a story, a fascinating story, but he is in the Guinness as being Book the of oldest practicing, yeah, oldest practicing mm-hmm. physician. Mm-hmm. All right. So did you uh, below that we have the calendar? Is there anything in the calendar that you liked? Well, one that kind of caught my eye was. Um, Friday, August 12th through Sunday, August 14th, there's a summer camp for adults in their 20s and 30s weekend over there at Camp Livingston. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, I, I, you want to go, don't you? I totally want to go. <laughs> if you add 20s and 30s together, that makes 50s, and that's where I am. So <laughs> I, think, I think Camp Livingston has a spot for me. Well, uh, you did you go to camp as a young adult? Yeah, I went to Camp Livingston. I went to the YMCA camp. But in your twenties and thirties, or as a teenager? Uh, when I was in a teen, when I was a teenager, yeah. I actually have a friend. He's a doctor in the area, uh, Doctor Scott Steinberg, and he goes to camp every summer. And he is late forties, okay. early fifties, and and he absolutely loves it. Friendships since he was. I think he told me most of the friends he made there, ages ten through fifteen, are still in his life because of camp. Really? Yeah. Well, they say that you know people that you that, and especially in the studies in Judy and Jewish life, that the you know if you're engaged as a camper and you go to summer camp, you're mm-hmm. going to be engaged with the Jewish community most a lot of your life, along your life, and so Boy. that kind of proves that that point. I that that is something I wish I had an opportunity to do summer camp. Yeah. All right, 
So we're going to skip right. uh, national politics. But we do have one national political story that we did want to go into, and that was that Rep. Cory Bush was under fire for fundraising with an activist who wants to burn every Israeli alive. And there's a picture of uh, Rep. Cory Bush, a Democrat from Missouri with Naveen Ayesh, and she was under fire from Jewish groups and her opponent in the upcoming Missouri Democratic primary for fundraising and associating with an anti-Semitic activist who once said she wants to burn every Israeli alive. I am shaking my head and I am in shock. I cannot believe, I cannot believe this story. All right, so. But the quote's there. Well, here it is. Naveen Ayesh, a government relations coordinator at the Missouri chapter of American Muslims for Palestine, AMP, where she has worked since 2018, has helped Bush organize several fundraisers. The most recent one was July 16. She has a history of calling for the destruction of Israel and vowing to take part in it. I want to set Israel on fire with my own hands and watch it burn to ashes along with every Israeli in it. Call it what you call it what you want to call it IDC. Ayesh wrote in 2014. And then she later added in 2015, hey. Israel isn't Jewish. It's satanic. I, I, I don't even understand how this person is in serving any government relations role well, for that just, type of very, hate, hate speech. I mean, that's Right, it's, it's that's hate terrible. speech, right. It's, it's very angry and hate speech, and uh, I think you have to call people out because of that. Yep, uh, yep, I don't care. And this wasn't that long ago. You no. know, some people use the excuse, I was young, right. um, I, I wasn't educated, I, I didn't, you know. But this is less, this is... Five six years ago, mm-hmm. all right. So yeah, uh, let's 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 move on. All right, um, na- and also national Israel says the U- this U- says U.S. sex offender won't get citizenship among amid lobbying by prominent American rabbis. So the guy's name is Baruch Lanner, and uh, Lanner is an American rabbi and former official of the Orthodox Union's NCSY youth group served a three-year prison sentence for sexually assaulting students at a Jewish high school in Jersey in the 1990s. He is staying in Israel on a temporary residential residency visa pending a decision on his citizenship application by Israeli Interior Ministry. He is seeking to take advantage of Israel's law of return, which under which Jews from anywhere in the world can be granted Israeli citizenship. But he's a, a, like a pedophile. He, he, he isn't like a pedophile. He, he is, straight okay. up is. Okay. And this, this um, Israel uh, law that allows, allows um, Jews from anywhere in the world to right. be granted, that, that his, his expiration date is over. <laughs> okay. You cannot return According him. According to Lori, he's I'm out. I'm done. He is done. He <laughs> is done. And what a... A terrible, rotten, and I'm glad there's a picture of him so people know what he looks like because he needs to be ashamed. All right, so if they throw him out of if throw him out of Israel, where's he? Would he come back? I guess he'd have to come back to America. And he will do be a registered sex offender. Yes, he will. And, and, all that stuff. And and he deserves every bit of that shame and embarrassment. Yeah. And three years in prison for sexually assaulting students is not enough time in my okay. In my un. Qualified legal opinion. Okay. All right. So, also... And he needs to go on a diet. He's 5'6 and 210 pounds. Come on now. Okay. 
Uh, a Georgia school's new logo resembled the Nazi eagle. Local Jews were shocked, though, say. An elementary school in suburban Atlanta made national headlines this week after it unveiled a new logo which bears a striking resemblance to the Nazi eagle. And there's a picture of it, and it looks like the the <laughs> Nazi eagle that was, you know, they had the... Uh, had the the, the the swastika oh, there. Yeah. The only thing that's different with this thing is there's like a little, I think, E5 or ES. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just replace that with a swastika and you got the same logo. Yes. And, and did you, I, I can't wait to say this, this school is located across the street from a from, synagogue. Well, maybe they're a little upset with the synagogue for certain things. I don't think so. Oi. Oi. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I, I. I had to go on Google just to make sure that that you know how close it was, and it's a it's identical. Yeah, there is, is nothing. It's yes. it's it's. And now they they did say that they're you know very sorry and they're completely dip uh, <laughs> ditching this logo. Yes, and they've well, got who a, came up with it? In the, that's, the, that's, gra- the graphic designer came yeah, up so with that. I, we you know I was as I was reading I was trying to figure out there was a, a design agency right. uh, hired I didn't see anything like that. But somebody designed somebody that. Somebody sure did, and somebody I'm I I, I, I used to work in graphic design, and uh-huh. I know how these are. You you run a couple designs, and then you pick a few, and then you refine those. Mm-hmm. So it goes through several layers. So it got this far to be publicly released, and it, and no one saw anything. Mm-hmm. Except you know the the moment it was released, the next day parents were calling as they rightly should. <laughs> now they got now they're scrambling because school is starting up soon, and so they're going to come up with another design. What we'll to, we'll to keep tabs on? East Side this. Elementary School E S E S. How about E S E S? How about that? All right, uh, you ready? Okay, yeah. All right, so we move on to international. Israeli backpacker dies in Colombia from allergic reaction. So a 22 year old Israeli tourist. Visiting Colombia died earlier this week after suffering from an allergic reaction after eating dairy food at a cafe in the capital of Bogota. I I I'm shocked, and I and and my thoughts are with his with his family and friends. Allergic to milk. I and I have not ever heard of an adult being allergic to milk. Well, I've heard, uh, no. Stephanie's like has lact. She's lactose, lactose intolerant, yes. so she can't drink. La- so she yeah. we get like soy milk. Sure. Or almond well, the milk, free milk, right, right, and she drinks that for like her coffee and like cereal and mm-hmm. stuff. She can't drink milk, milk. Um, but didn't this guy at twenty-two year olds? Didn't he know that he was couldn't? I mean, it was there was it was either cooked in something or some dish that he. So it, ori- it says originally from Jerusalem, he was apparently allergic to milk, mm-hmm. uh, the byproducts of which were in a dish he ate. And gosh, you know. Sometimes you don't know what's you know. Say right, you have, something say like, you like, like know, garlic. Like, I don't. I I ask like when I go to restaurants, is there garlic in it? Because if I eat garlic, I can't sleep at night. Oh, it make it keeps me up. The heartburn. No, because garlic is a central nervous system stimulant, oh. and it stimulates your nervous system. So when you, I try to lay down and go to sleep. I'm all stimulated and I can't sleep. I, it takes me like hours to get to sleep because of garlic. Just it's just a garlic. little amount of garlic. Yeah. And, then, and the thing is, is when you're cooking with milk, it, it evaporates or it, it go, folds in. And how would you know? Um, mm-hmm. So the thing is, is what this story is, 
it says we're apparently allergic to milk. So either he did or didn't know. We don't. We can't tell from this story. Right. But gosh, that is just but a that sad, can, but sad how much? And, and let's say it was like it was like in some bread or a biscuit yeah. or something or a sauce. It, you don't in know. a sauce, maybe a sauce. And it was just a minute. I and mean, that's a small amount. Mm-hmm. And he over. It's just his whole body reacted to that. To just that's it's shocking. That's, it's shocking. It's it really very is. shocking. Yeah. I've never heard anything like this. All right, um, car. This is we're still on oh, eight and international yep. car with Nazi symbols found in China raises concern and prompts arrest. So the Israeli consulate in Chang- Chengdu, China, raised an alarm with about a white car with multiple Nazi symbols found in the Sichuan capital, prompting officials to make an arrest on Wednesday. The Israeli consul general's office in Chengdu. One of four Israeli consulates in mainland China posted a photo of the car, which featured an eagle clutching a swastika, <laughs> which is the same eagle. one from the page from the page before, <laughs> and the words Waffen SS spray painted on it. So the Waffen SS was an infamous Nazi military group. This guy's driving around China with this Nazi symbols all over. I mean, probably are pretty big symbols on the car too. I would think so, but. <sighs> I am just, I know the Jewish population is not large in China. No. I get it. Yes. And, but, but China is always so um, not forthcoming about what's <laughs> going on in the news that yes. the fact this got out yes. kind of shocks me. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, a, this is an odd story. Well, so it's and, wor- it's, okay. and it said that how it got out was social media posts. Okay. So, and so look at the story yeah. is from Taipei, Taiwan. So it did not get out of China. Someone in Taiwan ah, saw it on social media yes. from China and then wrote a, that wrote this article from that. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's hope that um, that the Chinese government and the local law um, make sure that this that this car does <laughs> needs a needs a new paint job. Yes, I would say needs a new paint job. Yeah. Are we right. moving on from international news. Yeah, the dozens of Jewish graves were damaged or destroyed in a 600-year-old cemetery of Istanbul's Askoy neighborhood last week, the Turkish Jewish community announced via social media. Our Haskoy cemetery was entered at midnight, and 36 of our tombstones were destroyed, the community's official social media account said last Thursday. The Turkish Jewish weekly Salom Gezetsi later put the number at 81. Wow. The matter has been conveyed to the relevant authorities with all the pictures and night recordings, and we expect the perpetrators of this vandalism to be caught as soon as possible. So we got yeah. anti-Semitism going on all over the place. <laughs> it, it certainly is. What the good news, if there is any good news, is that the Istanbul's municipality has pledged to restore all of the damaged graves. Good. That's yep. good. And I'm sure, you know, most of these, all these places, they all have cameras nowadays. Everybody's got these cameras going on. That's a good point. So they'll probably find them. All right. Get them. Um, Go get them. In international, again, UK labor leader Starmer defends showing Berlin Holocaust Memorial Election video. So Care Starmer, the head of Britain's Labor Party, has come under fire for a political video that includes a shot of him walking inside Berlin's famous Holocaust Memorial. The memorial to the murdered Jews of Europe is striking maze of stone pillars 
that was dedicated in 2005 is typically off limits for political displays. Even selfies taken there are frowned upon. So when Starmer released a video Sunday about his recent trip to Germany that shows him walking through the memorial but does not mention Jews or the Holocaust, he quickly drew criticism from Jewish leaders, United Kingdom, and Germany. As he should. Yes. Talk about self-interest, trying to make him look good by going in a sacred, very sacred place and to promote himself and his political aspirations. Bad decision of Kyer Starmer, Britain's Labour Party. Bad, bad, bad decision. Okay. Shame on him. All right. Uh, in Israeli politics, uh, Israel's, Israel's big experience did a year of coalition partnership bring Jews and Arabs closer. So uh, Mansour Abbas, the first leader of any majority Arab party to join an Israeli government, launched his re-election campaign earlier this month with a visit to the Al-Aska Mosque genially posing for selfies with other Muslims and stopping in front of the iconic golden dome of the rock <laughs> for a sunny campaign portrait. Abbas, Abbas, 48, head of the Ra'am, the United Arab List, the political wing of the Islamic movement in Israel, is perhaps the most intriguing figure to emerge in Israeli politics in recent years. His year-long stint in the coalition of Naftali Bennett who served as prime minister for just a year and Yair Lapid, a successor for at least four months, was tumultuous and may have changed the Israeli political landscape forever. So after Ra'am, this Ra'am refused to support a bill extending Israel's administrative rule over the West Bank in what turned out to be the final straw days before the formal unraveling of Bennett's government. Mm -hmm. So he was the reason that the government collapsed. And uh, mm. so he just could not go along with the administration of the uh, West Bank. And so he said, I'm not voting for this. It caused uh, Naftali Bennett's uh, government to collapse. And uh, there will be elections coming up in November. And the people will speak. Yes. Indeed. All right. So. A lot's going on internationally yes, and in politics. All right. Uh, we get the social column on page Ooh, 13. I love the fun stuff. So, uh, Jonathan Rosen is engaged to Gabrielle Elizabeth Kahan. Congratulations uh, to them. And uh, there's a picture of them. And the couple met at Miami University while they were students. Gabrielle Elizabeth Kahan was born in Beechwood, Ohio, which is Cleveland, and was raised in New Hampshire. She is the daughter of Dr. Stephen Kahan and Kathy Ludwig. Gabrielle is a quality systems manager in the food industry. Jonathan is the son of... Dr. Oscar Rosen, Alana Cooperstein. He is a data science manager with an energy company while at Miami University. Jonathan was active at AEPI, which is my uh, my Your fraternity. fraternity. Yep. And you were a little sis. Um, yes. You? Well, yes, not. Yes, I was. Not formal. No, there's no formal. But okay. I had many, many good friends in AEPI. I think, okay. I, think, I think very highly of that chapter. All right. And Gabrielle was active at Hillel. Uh, Gabrielle is also involved in her sorority Tri-Delta. While growing up in Cincinnati, Jonathan attended Rockmore Academy, formerly Yavna Day School. He then attended Sycamore Schools. He went to Jewish summer camp in Mexico. Interesting. And was a counselor there at the Perlman Camp in Pennsylvania. He participated in March of the Living with the Cincinnati delegation. The couple resides in Columbus, Ohio. The date and location of the wedding has not been decided. Jonathan hopes his grandmother... 
from Mexico can travel to be with him on their wedding day. Both families are delighted and wish the young couple a wonderful life together. Oh, that's very sweet. We have Carly Levick and David Nadoff married in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida at the Marisol Country Club back in April. Their dog, Millie, was in the <laughs> wedding photos and enjoyed the dance floor, <laughs> which was emblazoned with flowers, a picture of Millie, and a large block M for the University of Michigan. Go blue, they say. So Carly's uncle, Ron Gold, and David's uncle, Peter Saravis, co-officiated at the wedding. Ron also officiated at the weddings of each of Carly's siblings, Alexa and Stephen. Betsy said it was the perfect hat trick. Carly is the daughter of Betsy and Peter Levick of Cincinnati. David is the son of Mark and Karen Nadoff of Chicago and the grandson of Susan and the late Burton Nadoff and the late Janet and Cyrus Shillow. Carly's grandparents are Alice and the late Bernie Horn of Cincinnati. And Pete and the late Joy, Levick was Joy's last name, Cross, and the late Marvin Levick. The couple met their freshman year at the University of Michigan, where they both studied engineering. Both smart kids. Carly is a product manager for a technology company, and David works as a civil engineer in Chicago. And we got a nice picture of the bride and groom, um, beautiful flowers, and we wish that young couple a very so happy I life together. So I went to school with uh, her, the, the bride's mom, Betsy Horn. Oh. Her mom's Betsy Horn. Well. And I grew up with her at Rockdale Temple. Well, that's great. Yeah. It's great to see young people being happy yeah. and in love and getting married. Oh. Uh, Maybe they'll so, create a beautiful family together. Uh, we move on to the mature living section, which is page 14. Is it 15, 16, 17? And um, so if you have people that are seniors in your life, you might want to turn them on to this and show them what's happening out there in the world of senior life. Yes, and, that, and I'll have to say there's a lot of options out there compared to yeah. perhaps when we were growing up. We're not just throwing our old folks into a retirement home and kind of having them nod off and watch TV. There's a lot of activities at these at these centers now, and, and – Heck, um, there's a couple new ones being built in oh, Montgomery, where I, where I live, and these are pretty fancy centers. Very nice, yeah. yeah. So uh, w- I do want to bring up uh, uh, page 16 and how to live your best life as you age. Oh, this is my favorite story. All right, of, so of we'll the talk whole. about tips for aging gracefully. Be kind to your skin, exercise, mind your diet, mental health matters, stay physically active, Lower your stress. That's that's a major one. Mm-hmm. Uh, quit smoking and decrease alcohol consumption. And I'm glad I wet. never started smoking. Yeah. And uh, let me add to your so list. Get, yep. get, get enough sleep. Right. I think sleep is super important. Mm-hmm. Find new hobbies. Keep that brain challenged and occupied. Yes. Practice mindfulness. Mindfulness is simply accepting and living in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um. Drink plenty of water. I try to drink eighty ounces a day. Do you really? Yes, because so that's how what many? They, how many? How many of those water bottles is that? Okay, so that's this eight. So you're this drinking is, like ten this of This is them. seventeen ounces. That's seventeen. This ounces? is seventeen. Oh, sixteen point so like, nine. Sixteen point nine. Okay, so it'd be half of that. It'd be like five, five of those. Yeah, that seems five awfully low. Five yeah. times six is thirty. Five times ten is good. So it'd be eighty. Yeah, it'd be five of those water bottles. 17 times five is 85. 
Yeah, why did you have to break it up? Why couldn't you just do it all in one? Because you said 16.5. 16.9. Oh, 16.9. Well, the whole point is 80 ounces is the minimum. Oh, really? 80 ounces is the minimum that someone my height and weight should drink. So it it does need to increase, especially if if you're also out there exercising, walking, and, and athletic. You do need to take in more water. Okay. Okay. So, so stay stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Okay. Take care of your mouth. Right. See your dentist. Well, there, there's a definite. Um, so we didn't know until recently that there is a correlation between your gums and your teeth and heart attack. Yes, the plaque, and, and mm-hmm. the plaque, and all that, and that uh, I guess the more if you're like. Your mouth and your gums are not in good. It leads to heart disease. Yes, yes, and and who would have no one would think that you know twenty years ago no one even no one thought that ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. So that ties into tip number thirteen: see your doctor regularly. Right. You know, um, and and, your dentist, and your dentist, Mm -hmm. and um, so you know, aging is we're be be glad that you get to age. That means you you get to live. Good. Well, yeah. you know, my, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Well, you you know, my father died at 48 from a heart attack. My brother died at 52 from a heart attack. So, I mean, I agree with a lot of this stuff. You know, you have to go see. They never went to see the doctor. Same. They didn't listen to what the doctor said. That's what my dad did. And you have to listen to what the doctor yes. tells you. Yes. And if he says stop eating liver, stop eating fatty foods, stop eating pasta, stop, you have to stop. You just, you just have to do it, you know. It's it's not a question of, well, I can maybe eat a little of this. No, no, you can't because you have to take care of your body and your heart and your your you know all your organs and you just yeah you don't have a choice. You, you have you, to do that. That is you know? a that is that's just a no brainer. In fact, well, the guy that's one hundred and one, <laughs> he probably doesn't eat a lot of fatty foods and a lot of. You know, stuff like he probably takes pretty darn good care of himself. I would think so. He's both of his parents lived to be in their nineties, mm-hmm. so that that also is that's also some genetics. Yeah. But I do agree. Uh, in fact, later this afternoon, later today, when the workday ends, I'm playing pickleball. Oh, really? Yeah. Where do you play pickleball at? There's a place on Pleasant Ridge off of Kennedy. There's pickleball courts. Where? If you go, just continue on Kennedy. It's called Wolford Park. Oh, 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 I think I know where that is. And they're kind of hidden. There's, there's, uh, well, after I broadcast that, this. That, that yes. S-turn tape thing right through there? Yes. Okay. Six okay. courts. Okay, I didn't know there were pickleball courts mm-hmm. there. They converted. Uh, well, yes. how big is a pickleball? Is it like the same size as like a tennis it's court? The in, that's the, the inset boxes in the tennis court. Not You don't you, you don't go out to the baseline. It's the, the boxes. That's, oh. that's. And where's, where's, so you over the net? Yep. Same old so you're going over the, over the net back and forth. Yes. You're just kind of hitting. Yes, uh, and you can only you can only score if you serve. So and um, and then you serve underhanded, and you can't let the ball bounce. And you use right. kind of like a wiffle ball. Right, right. And then you got to oh, get it. It's got to be like a hard ball. It's though. a hard wiffle ball. It's got yeah. it's got to bounce on the on the on the concrete. It does. Yeah. Okay. And then, but for the serve, you cannot let it bounce. And then you got to get it diagonal in that that inset box. Right. And then there is an extra line. Right past the net on both sides, it's called the kitchen, and and you cannot have that serve land in the kitchen. It has to go a little deeper, oh. and then you rally, and um, whoever gets to eleven first, win by two, wins that 
that match. Kind of like, uh, well, I, in, I, in volleyball, now volleyball, I think Where's you have to win, it goes to 11. It, or no, or it's ping pong. Ping pong. I think yeah. ping pong goes yeah. to like, does it go to 11 or 15? I don't I know, but it's but it's like ping pong okay. in, this, in how But it's win like by a bigger, two. Qu- bigger court yeah. than ping pong. Yeah, yeah but it's a smaller court than tennis, and okay. for someone like me who did play tennis, yeah. this is a much more manageable court. Okay. And we stayed. We play singles. You can play doubles. Okay. But it's it's a nice it's a it's a great game. I and I see now why it's so popular. Okay. All right. All Get right. out there and do a little pickleballing. Woohoo! Pickleball. Our, our next podcast is going to be all about sports. Is it? Yeah. You want to do sports? Yeah, definitely. Now, do you want to talk about the last time you when you when you worked for the Reds? Golly, that, that was, was for years and years and years. Thirteen seasons. Started uh, 2000 was my first season. Yeah. And had a good little run there with the Reds. And, and um, we went to postseason twice in the time I was there, but never got out of that first round of games. But it was a good run. What uh, was your position at the Reds? Um, I ended up with a director of community relations. Okay. So I started out corporate sponsorship and sales. And okay. then um, I had the good fortune and opportunity to create their community relations department in 2002 or three. Right. It's still ongoing. It's still ongoing. The Reds Community Fund came out of uh, the development of the community relations department. Charlie Charlie Frank. Charlie Frank. Awesome guy. He really is making, uh, you know, that community fund has a huge impact on the community with all the baseball fields they uh, renovate, all the ticket programs they sponsor. In fact, um, gosh, they have a split the pot now at every game. Yeah, and all those funds again goes right back into community ownership group said that um, for every dollar that community fundraise, they want that dollar back out in the community. Not, don't keep anything. You don't need a nest egg. Just invest it, and um, they've done a pretty terrific job. So Charlie Frank is the son of I think his father. I forget his. I don't know his. I forget his name. Mister. Um, Mr., oh gosh. Frank. Yes. Oh uh, gosh. Now you're gonna. Oh, I know. I know his parents. I see. Right. I see. John his, Frank. John. Thank you. John Frank, and he's well known in Cincinnati, yes, he and is. especially in the Jewish community. Yes, and his wife, uh, Susan. Okay. And. Um, they're still around. I think they're still around. They are. They are. Yeah. Well, maybe one day we gotta get Charlie to come up here. Okay. I think he'd actually, he'd really like that. Okay, bring him in. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll I, set that up. I will. I will. Okay. Charlie, if you're listening, we're coming for you. All right. So, <laughs> on opinion page, we've got the James Webb Telescope looks at the universe oh, how cool. through the eyes of God. Um, so, the James Webb Space Telescope is 100 times more powerful than the Hubble Telescope. It traveled a million miles from Earth with a mission the first fruits of which we saw last week with the photographs released by NASA that is almost unfathomably grandiose. To peer out, that is to look back at the moment when the first stars turned on and cleared away limitless clouds of primordial gas. Have you seen those photos? I have not seen You didn't see them? I saw them when they came out. They released them like on Tuesday or Wednesday, and uh, I saw them on one of my feeds from on my iPad. And they're just phenomenal. These photos are like from the beginning of the universe. I am. And they're phenomenal. I am am blown away by just this technology. Mm -hmm. And the line that you said that was really, that really kind of made me stop is to see the moment of creation. 
I didn't even know that was even well, possible. Well, like the Big Bang. Yeah. They can go back to that moment, the Big Bang of when it happened. This is, this is just, okay. It, it boggles their mind. I'm going to have to look this up. Right. It's, it's, it's beyond, I think, I mean, it can be comprehended, but it's like almost beyond human comprehension to, um, to think of such a thing. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. It's like through the eyes of God. It's it's right. it's remarkable. So Cedra of the week is uh, Matot Masai this week, Numbers thirty two to thirty six thirteen. Everybody read it um, and fill out your Torah this week. We move on to our favorite page, page twenty from the pages. I love this history. All right, so. Each week, the American Israelite will print one milestone related to the history of the Cincinnati Jewish community over the last 200 years, provided by the Jewish Cincinnati Bicentennial Committee. Each milestone weaves Jewish history within the greater context of our community's development and our country at large. All right, 1902, David Lazarus becomes the president of Federated Department Stores, now Macy's, and moves the headquarters to Cincinnati. So if you recall, he also, I don't know if it's the same Lazarus, but one of them went to uh, President Franklin Roosevelt and had Thanksgiving moved to the third, like was it the last Thursday of November, so there was an additional week of shopping leading up to Christmas. Now that's industrious. And he was very smart. Marketing, it was all marketing. Yeah. He uh, came and, up with that. And, and the famous Lazarus lizards. I didn't remember what the Lazarus lizards. Are you for real? Yeah. What are they? All, they're all over. Um, they're, I see them more so in the Hyde Park area, but they're all over Cincinnati now. There's little little lizards that run right, all over. Right, you haven't right. been Amberley. I've had seen them. So the Lazarus family was in vacation in Florida. Right. And this is, I don't know if it was David's sons, but the little Lazarus boys captured a couple of these lizards. Okay. Put them in their suitcase, came back, okay. let them loose in their home okay. outside, and that's why we have all these thousands and thousands of those. They are called Lazarus lizards. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. And they're all over the place. They I mean, are, but uh, I didn't know that yeah. they're named Lazarus and I, lizards. And, and what what shocks me is I see how fast they move. Like, how did little eight year old boys capture them in the first place? I, that, I, was, I, that was a big to do for them to catch those kids. I, I have, and I and you know you see big ones, little ones, but they are fast as fast can be. But that's how they came about this area. They are not they are not native to this area. They well, are. What do they do in the winter time? Uh, they they've learned to um, hibernate and and got acclimated the last 60 plus decades yeah they've, they've been well, they here. might go to like uh like near like a house foundation and dig into you know then yeah well they're not, they're not going to boca <laughs> they're not going to boca. <laughs> they're hopping in someone's suitcase and heading south um no they they've they've they've, they've scientists have said and I've, I've heard this on on npr right and other and i've read many articles about them but they never knew they've, anything about they've that. acclimated to our our weather and mm-hmm. they have done quite well they don't seem to be um, destroying anything or right. hurting. You know, they they. What that's do they one eat? Must eat bugs. Bugs, they eat little insects. Yeah. So they're little helpers. Okay. Lazarus lizards. Huh. See, you, you learn something now new every you know. day. Now you know. Okay. Oh whoa! How'd you do that? That was on my little. I have a little soundboard here. Oh, so you nice. want to hear? Here I've got. Ah. And how about this one? Crickets. <laughs> That's what. 
Oh, that's very X Files. Punchline. Ready? <laughs> that's all right. And we have one more. This okay. is my favorite. Ready? Wow, we're rocking on a Friday live from the American Israelite. We need some bumper music. Next that time. is our bumper okay. music. All right. All right. So we go to 150 years ago, varieties. Okay. All right. So I'll read this one. Okay. Along, among the rationalists of the day, it is blasphemy to speak of revelation. And they yet cannot account for the origin of ideas in the mind, although they must admit that every element of human knowledge was once original and civilization is merely the sum and substance of man's original ideas. Human knowledge consists of its element of ex- elements of experience, and these were revealed by impressions which the things themselves made on the mind. Reason discovered and classified the attributes and constructed science. How did man acquire this element? We would like to learn of some rationalists, how did the human family acquire the ethical, moral, and religious element underlying all systems of philosophy and religion? We have but one word in reply, and that is revelation, springing from the connection of the human reason with the deity. So revelation is like when you come to like a, like a revelation of realizing something. Mm-hmm. A conclusion. Like the, li- like the light bulb goes on kind of a thing. Yes. So that's Boy, this is pretty deep. It really is deep. And this is a little bit too <laughs> and deep. And this is an 1872 deep. I know. They haven't even seen Revelation yet in 1872. <laughs> that was before uh, Freud, too. <laughs> wow. Boy, I'm, uh, this is supposed to be Fun Fridays. Yes, it this, is Fun that's, Fridays. That's, that's, All right. Do you want to do uh, the next? you want to do 125? 125. Let's, uh, see, peddler, let's see. Peddler murder. Oh, oh, oh this, is, this is terrible. Okay, here we go. On July 12th. Again, this is 125 years ago, near Hanville Street, Charles Parrish. Hmm. What does L.A. mean? Louisiana. Oh, Charles. Okay, Charles Parrish in Lu- of Louisiana was right. found. Was found the body of Louis Ziegler, Ziegler, a young Jewish peddler and a native of Hungary. Aye. He had been murdered and his body hid under some planks. Hmm. Ziegler was about 22 or 23 years old, and then first known of him was about April 1896, when he began trading with local clothing and notion dealers, among whom were Louis Goldstein and Son and Simmons and Company. Company. He was a quiet young man, careful of his earnings, and was not addicted to drinking. Ziegler is known to have been scrupulously correct in his monetary deals with local firms and was rated by them as a good customer. Mm. He bore a, rep- a good reputation in the parish and was an inoffensive peddler. Ziegler is known to have saved a little money and is believed that he left it with a merchant for safekeeping. Rabbi M. Sessler of New Orleans has interested himself deeply in the case and he is anxious to obtain the address of Ziegler's only relative, mm a sister, who is said to live in Chicago. Any information on this point will be gladly received by him. Right. So this is a, a tragic story of a, yes. a, 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 it seems to be a very honest and hardworking young man mm-hmm. trying to make his way in the new country. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, his death is was unknown, and we don't know if it ever got solved. But this was, um, this occurred back in, was 
1897. So I'm wondering if maybe someone... Someone tried uh, to rob him. Right. You know, he's I th- a merchant. I'm thinking robbery. I'm yeah. thinking robbery. Same here. He, you know, back yeah. then, folks went door-to-door to sell merchants. Right. Or, right. or they, the merchants went right. door-to-door. Right. Right. And I think um, when you see these people, you know they might have a couple dollars on them. Right. And he was killed for just a couple dollars. Mm-hmm. That's a shame. Yes. Yes. All right. So 75 years ago, I'll read this one. This okay. is very interesting. There's actually... An interesting one above it from um, 100 years ago, but I, we'll skip that one. People go check that one out. So 75 years ago, three dead Cincinnati pilot of refugee ships seized, 4,500 returned to France. So with their Cincinnati, sh- and I didn't know there was a connection here, but there is, with their Cincinnati ship captain Bernard Marks, 25, held by British police in Haifa, Palestine, since Saturday, July 19, some 4,500 4, Jews who were halted aboard the immigration ship President Warfield en route to Palestine are being returned to France. Mm-hmm. At press time, Captain Mark's sister said she had been trying to communicate with the British Embassy. She, she has contacted Senator Robert A. Taft of Ohio, and she is awaiting word from him, she added. Captain Marks, who received his... Baptism of fire during World War II while serving the U.S. Merchant Marine, 1942-1945, was in charge of the President Warfield en route from Marseille, France, when the immigrants engaged in a sensational two-and-a-half-hour battle with British warships near Haifa. Later dispatches said the immigrants may be taken from France to Colombia and South America. The death toll included the ship's first mate, William Bernstein, 25, Los Angeles, and two passengers, Hirsch, Jakakobowicz, 15, and an unidentified youth, 20. Arrested with Captain Marks were seamen Cyril Weinstein and Arthur Stanley Ritzer, both of Brooklyn. All right, so this is the rest of the story. Editor's mm-hmm. note. The President Warfield carried Holocaust survivors in their bid for Palestinian immigration the ship was renamed the Exodus, so it's the, the ship, the Exodus, in 1947 for this voyage. The vessel was stopped by British naval forces, and after a battle that went between the British and the people that wanted to go to Israel, towed to Haifa where the passengers were deported to Port du Bac, France. French authorities refused to forcibly remove the retirees, so British authorities decided to wait the passengers themselves to disembark. The passengers then engaged in a hunger strike, refusing to leave the ship despite the sweltering July heat. The strike lasted 24 days until those on board the ship, including orphan children, were then brought to Hamburg, Germany, and interned Mm. in camps in the British zone of Germany. The heroism of the passengers and their ill treatment after their hunger strike led to similar acts throughout the displaced persons camps in Europe. It is thought that the public humiliation of the British government due to their poor treatment of the retirees caused their recognition of a Jewish state just one year later. And this is July 24, 1947. They were, the Jewish state was recognized as Israel in 1948. That's that's history. That's, that's history, history by 
an innocent group of people yeah. on a boat. All right. Uh, so back to um, so 25 years ago, the Adams Golf Classic set for September 17th. Uh, the Jewish Community Center's fu- sport fundraiser, the Stephen Steve Adams Memorial Golf Classic, will be held Wednesday, September 17th at Shaker Run Golf Course. Chairman for this year's classic are Ken Hyatt, Patsy Cohn, and Dennis Mittman, each a close friend of Stephen. Steve Adams of Blessed Memory. This year's program benefits the Center, Jewish Community Center, the Stephen M. Adams Memorial Endowment, and the Center's Men and Women's Fitness Facilities. Hmm. All right. So, moving on. Okay. Jews in the News. All right. You want to do uh, this one on James Kahn? I, I would be honored. I, I didn't know, I didn't I, know James Kahn was Jewish. I, I found out because of this paper. So after James Kahn died, you know, he died a few weeks ago on July 6th at age 82, two regrets came to my mind. Now, is this him saying this? This is the writer. A writer. Nate Bloom. Nate Bloom. Okay. First, over the years, many said that he was amazingly funny in, in real life. Kahn's godfather co-star, Robert Duvall, you know, Bobby, yeah. told Howard Stern that Kahn and Bill Murray were the funniest people he ever worked with. Kahn made a, a couple of couple of humorous films but they weren't very good and since we never really saw the funny James Conn in action <laughs> I don't yeah I don't I don't see uh, James he was as a, serious yeah he's he, like he, a serious he, guy yes yes uh, Conn also co-starred in two musical films that on paper should have been hits but they but they were critical and box office flops in funny lady which was made in 1975 he played r- opposite Streisand as Billy Rose a songwriter and producer who was Fanny Bryce's third husband. Hmm. In the next movie, For the Boys, made in 91, he played the onstage partner of a singer, played by Bette Midler, during World War II. Streisand, Midler, and, and Carol King are the three most popular Jewish female singers of the last 60 years. Hmm. Khan teamed up with the first two, and they flopped. Not fair. <laughs> All right. Well, right. uh, you know what? I heard a funny, jo- not so funny joke, but with the passing of James Kahn. Yeah. And then there was a passing of two more actors that had played gangsters on TV. That uh, that the passing of these three actors, Hollywood was running out of tough guys to play mafiosos. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, on twi- page 22, Mark's Hot Bagels. Well, it's not even Mark's Hot Bagels. Mark's Bagels. Reopens. And it reopened well. I happened to be there late this late morning and brought us lunch today. Thank you right. for treating us, Ted. Right. Um, my tuna melt was excellent. I got a tuna melt on an everything combo bagel. Yes. And it's nice and bright and clean. Mm-hmm. It was orderly. It is. Um, plenty of young folks working. Um, so we wish, we wish YY and his family all the best. Because it's the it's a totally redone. It's, it's totally it, it was gutted, and it, it's redone, and uh, all the, even the bathrooms are all renew uh, new, and uh, the floors all new. It's mm-hmm. all uh, straight. It was remember you used to have those dips and stuff, and the and that's all gone. Yeah. It's all straight and flat. The only thing they kept is if you walk in and if you looked around towards the ceiling, there's that checkerboard. Uh, blue and red tile across around the top. Right, right. That's the only thing that was kept. Everything else has been clean, replaced, 
uh, updated, remodeled, as, as you've said. Yeah. And um, when I went in there, it was around 1130. They were starting to get a really good lunch crowd. And um, the, the, the bars at the counter or the seats at the counter right. are, are gone. Right. And they have a couple seats right, towards right. the front window. Right. If you like that. Right. But I always like that counter seating. I kind of find okay. that. I found that cozy. But they did create um, more seating towards the restrooms that are stand-up counters, right. um, more counter heights. Right. More counter height. And so I think it will seat more people based on this new layout. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to point out that I pointed out to the writer, the food has not changed. And that's critical. Right. And nothing has changed with the food. The food is still the same and the same food we all love. Mm -hmm. And that's really, nothing's changed. Um, But they've added. They've added, right. I was going to point that. They've added a bunch of new stuff. They had to have a coffee bar. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easier to, when you're uh, ordering, to walk them through what you want, Mm -hmm. exactly what you want to eat that day. Mm Yeah. yeah, and people, it's, people it's really like, a, a bo- it's a it's yeah. a big it's a it's a it's a bonus. It's a bonus. People like to see their food made. Yeah, and, and um, you know, you want a little more, a little less. Yeah, they they've always accommodated you. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely try out their coffee. I, I haven't I okay. I wasn't a I didn't know they had coffee. Mm-hmm. All right, well, well then we'll see you at Mark's Bagels. Right, right. When when do you go? Don't you go like regularly? I usually, once usually a week? like on a when, on Monday I'll go. Um, for Wednesday, lunch? yeah, Monday, usually on Wednesday when we bring in here for the podcast, but it's just, you know, it was Friday, but yeah. we bring it in. Um, oh, I remember they were going to add pizza bagels. I don't did know. That, did I that happen? Check that out. I, don't I have know if not that ever checked happened. that one out. Okay. All, All right. right. So we have to move along. Yep. Um, we're almost at an hour. So um, time flies and you're having fun. Uh, so uh, Dr. Ken Mangus has psychologically speaking column this week. What's in a name? That sounds like a good one. Sports column this week with Richard Katz, Esquire, and death notices. So, mm. all right. So Yitz, Yitzhak Irv Zamas, age 86, July 4, 2022, 5 Tammuz, 5782. And Irv Zamas, as people remember, owned uh, Bexley Kosher Market in Columbus. So when... When there was no kosher in Cincinnati, people would drive up there to get kosher meat. And Irv is the uh, the father of uh, and- and Andrea, and uh, probably a few more, but um, I don't I didn't recall their names, and I apologize for that. But Irv uh, was a well known guy in Cincinnati because people would go to Columbus to get their food. Mm, yeah, wow, that's amazing. I was in Bexley yesterday, as we really? mentioned this yeah, morning. Yeah, Bexley, yeah. Yeah. That's where it was. Um, um, moving on to our de- next death notice, we have Ms. Barbara Ruth Schwartz, nay Dolan, age 70. She passed away July 20th, 2022, and that is 21 Tamuts, 5782. Uh, Ann Chernin, age 88, July 20, 2022, 21 Tamuts, 5782. Uh, Joan Shinison, age 102, wow. July 21, 2022, 22, Tammuz, 5782. Rosemary Bloom, knee Heldman, age 97, July 21, 2022, 22, Tammuz, 5782. And Saul, Bloom, Saul S. Bloomfield, MD, age 97, July 23rd, 2022, 24, Tammuz, 5782. 
2022. So, no, that should be fit. That's a typo right there. Oh, it is. Okay, so that should be... 5782. Uh, 5782. 24 Tammuz 5782. And there is a nice uh, long obit for Joan Chinason, who is uh, on page 26. Yes. All right. And our thoughts are with all these families. And may their memory be for a blessing. All right. So next week's issue is back to school issues. So please get your, uh, your ads and your uh, listings in. Um, so that we get them in next week. All right, so we move on to Bad Joke of the Week. All right, are you ready? this is from the Encyclopedia of Jewish Humor from Biblical Times to the Modern Age, compiled and edited by Henry D. Spalding. Mrs. Grinsberg, thank you for a lovely party, Mrs. Leibowitz. I want you to know your brownies were so tasty I ate four. Mrs. Leibowitz, Five, but who counts? <laughs> That's good. Obviously, she liked them, and she was keeping count of who was eating her brownies. <laughs> well, I before we close off, um, I want to make mention that the community, your Jewish community, always yeah. needs uh, engagement, yeah. and you have uh, opportunity for a one-year subscription mm. for all new folks to um, sign up to the American Israelite and Sadaka. 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 It's only $1. Yes. And uh, I think it's awesome. And I'm going, I have someone in mind for this Sadaka and I want to thank you for that opportunity. Woohoo! All right. So I want to thank my special co-host guest this week, Lori Platt. And you will be returning. You'll be the fourth week of the month every oh, month. I am so honored. Thank I, you. And I, I will bring in guests for you. Yeah, you're right, yeah, right, yeah. right, so right, right. There are yeah. times I might not be able to make right, it, right. but I'm gonna. I'm not gonna leave you with duds. I'm bringing right, in. Right. I'm bringing in stars. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. So we had a great time today. Uh, everybody fun. have a great week this week. Uh, uh, Shabbat shalom, and we will see you next week. Bye bye. Adios.